Mic check, mic check, one, two, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of The Locker Room with our very special guest today, Nico Orsino. Nico, how you doing today? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Post game after the alumni game, how we feeling? Oh, you know, I'm feeling a little, a little sore, a little tired, but it was a fun time. It was, I had a lot of fun getting back out there with the boys. Of course, man. First taste of college lacrosse. How was it? I mean, it was cool. I mean, I wouldn't say it was like the first taste of college lacrosse because a lot of those dudes are old and out, out of their prime. But you know, it was, it was cool. I, I, I played pretty well. I helped for my sure, girl, so sure. it, was, it was cool. All right, man. For our audience, just you know, briefly introduce yourself. Yeah, yeah. I'm Nico Orsino. I'm from uh, Sammamish, Washington, about 30 minutes outside of Seattle. Um, I went to Eastside Catholic High School. Played both football and lacrosse there. Um, and I'm an 18-year-old freshman now at Chapman. I'm playing football and lacrosse here too. I'm a safety in football, and I'm a midfielder in lacrosse. Yeah, very talented, dual sport athlete here at Chapman. Part of two respected programs, football and lacrosse. Let's get it going. Nico, obviously, how did you get into lacrosse? How did you get into football? Well, football, I mean, I'm, I'm in a football family. Almost every single dude in my family played football. My dad played in college. Where did your dad play at? He played at a University of Puget Sound uh, up in Tacoma, Washington. Yeah. Um, yeah, and my, my uncles played in high school. One of my cousins played in college. You know, it's just a football family. So my dad got me and my brother both into it at a young age um, with lacrosse. It was a little different story. So uh, I was playing um, rec soccer in first grade, and my coach played college lacrosse. And at that time, there was no um, program for first and second graders to play lacrosse. And so he wanted to start a program for those those ages. So he recruited a bunch of uh, the kids from our rec soccer team to come try it out. And so I went out to a – he held like a – a little thing in a gym in elementary school with like sticks and like rubber lacrosse balls just throwing around having a good time and I fell in love with it right away um and I knew you know it was a physical game contact sport you know put on helmet and and pads and go hit people and my parents weren't letting me play tackle football until seventh grade so I was like well if I can't play tackle football this is the next best thing so I just got into it like that so went at it yeah yeah you and your brother both play football here, played yeah. for the same high school, both roughly the same age. Describe how that sibling rivalry kind of shaped your football career. Oh man, I mean, we competed at everything when we were when we were kids. Like, I mean, we would wrestle in the in the living room, you know, get competitive, get heated. I mean, it was it was competitive. We'd always get get so mad at each other uh, playing football soccer basketball you know whatever it was it was always competition and and that made me a really competitive person and I'm really competitive now I hate losing and I think it was because of my brother because he would always beat me <laughs> and so I, it just made me mad that I would I would always lose yeah you got any specific stories from those days or um I mean there were so we we had this game we like to play with my dad where we had like in our living room you know there was a couch and there was like an open area in front of the TV and we would have this thing where my dad would sit on the couch and we would stand in front of the couch and he would like throw the football wide out left or right and we'd have to like dive and make a catch and we would compete like how many times could we catch the ball and we would I would always lose my brother would always beat me and it would just make me so angry 
Yeah, and th- those got pretty heated sometimes. <laughs> you go after your brother and just hit him with a quick sucker punch if he wants. Oh, or... there were yeah. I mean, there were times <laughs> when we would those games would lead into into some wrestling matches on the couch, and then that led to some tears and, and some punches thrown. But it's all it's all in good competition. You know, I built character in both of us. Oh, for sure. Moving up now. You started playing lacrosse when you were young, and then you moved to tackle football in seventh grade. So then we get to high school, Eastside Catholic, you know, very respected football program in the Seattle area, as well as the state of Washington. Obviously, you won a state championship your sophomore year, but your program as a whole has been loaded with, you know, incredibly talented alumni. Sam Adams, JT Tumalu, as well as your brother, who is a three-star recruit coming out of high school. So, you know, describe what it's like to play with such talent at just even the high school level. Yeah, I mean it was it was kind of crazy. I like I think when I wasn't when I was in high school I didn't really um realize how crazy it was to be playing with all those guys cuz I think like most high schools, you know, it's crazy to have one guy go D1 and be like a top 100 recruit and we had like a a bunch. We had like six in one class that were top 100 recruits went D1 four or five stars, you know. It was crazy and you know practice and on the on that team was it was a competition every day because those guys were you know really good players and they 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 like to compete and so you know me as a as a sophomore that year um I was like a a backup safety so I was like I didn't play a whole lot but I got in there but like during practice you know I would run with the the second team and I was playing against those d1 guys you know when the second team or the scout team playing against the starting defense and it was tough, man. I mean, I I got killed on numerous occasions. Just, you know, couldn't compete, right? And so I think that that really helped me get better as a player. And now, like playing here, um, you know, it still practice isn't easy. You know, there's great players all over the field, and you got to compete. But I think it prepared me for the college game, especially at the D three level, because those guys were, you know, D one recruits, really good players. And you know, I think that playing against them helped me get ready for this practice and games here because you know d1 d3 it's not the same level those guys really challenged me and made me step up my game oh yeah for sure now playing football in high school and lacrosse you're a two-sport athlete move up past your sophomore year you know coming off of a state championship then we deal with coronavirus which obviously probably what hurt your lacrosse season. Yeah, we didn't. I didn't have a, a season my sophomore year for lacrosse. Yeah. Did you have a summer ball year then? Um, a bit, not really. We didn't do any tournaments that summer. We did like we there were a couple times when we went to a field and we did like a round robin thing with like four teams, but it was never anything like super structured or anything like that. Yeah. You know? Do you think? covid kind of changed your perspective on high school sports at all or just what you wanted to do with you know whatever sport you were playing in or were you always just like i'm still going to be locked in on playing a college sport yeah i think i didn't really didn't really change that much i think i was i was pretty locked in the whole time but i mean it sucked not being able to play i mean every athlete all over the country like it affected everybody been there done that yeah Yeah. so i mean it, it sucked for everybody so i was just like itching to get back out there and going so you know I was lifting every day in our garage. I was going to the field and doing some running, whatever it was. You know, I was itching to get back out there, so I was locked in. So now moving past your sophomore year, beginning to your junior year, which is, you know, around the time where people start to, you know, start contacting coaches and 
reaching out to programs, you know, whatever respective sport to play in. So where did you reach out first? Was it football? Was it lacrosse? Yeah. So um, all through all through high school, I was pretty set that I wanted to play lacrosse on college. I didn't I didn't ever see myself playing football. Um, you know, I was playing club travel ball for lacrosse um, on two different teams, you know, playing like three, four, five, six tournaments every summer and in the fall too. Um, you know, I was I was doing all that to try to get recruited for lacrosse. And, um, you know, I, I was getting some looks from, you know, small D3 schools, you know, nothing crazy, um, teams reaching out. And then, you know, I started to build my list of, of the schools that I'd be interested in, D1, D2, D3, and, and that's how I got going with lacrosse. And then with football, I mean, I didn't realize that I wanted to play football in college until after my senior season in football because I had such a good seat. Like, we, we lost in the state semifinal, you know. It, it, it sucked. Um, but that season was amazing, and I, I it helped me fall back in love with football. So, like, after that, I was like – I can't be done with football. Like I need to play still. You know, we talked off camera about your coaches for your city side team and then your Mad Dog team, both of the travel teams you played for. You said, you know, obviously your coaches were in the PLL, you know, professional lacrosse league. Describe how those guys helped your connections with college coaches. Oh, they helped a lot. You know, I mean, there was like four or five guys that were coaching my club team and high school teams that were professional players and they helped very connected in the lacrosse world you know um d1 players you know they they knew guys at the college level coaches um guys that they played with <clears throat> excuse me guys that they played with in college coaches that coached them you know they were very connected and so um when i when i would i would go to them with my list of schools that i that i was looking at and i would also tell them like who was reaching out and they would tell me if they knew anybody at any of those schools um, and a lot of the times they did. So then they would reach out to those guys and be like, hey, like I got a guy, I got Nico who wants to, who is interested in your school. Like take a look at his films, tell me what you think. And, and a lot of the times that's how I got the ball rolling with recruiting on a lot of the schools. A lot of what your recruiting story came down to is connections. So yeah. now move past your junior year. Now, you know, summer going into your senior year, this is obviously your last summer of travel ball, club lacrosse. Describe what that last summer looked like for you as from a recruiting standpoint as far as, you know, where were you getting looked at and where were you starting to consider yeah. looking into? Yeah, so, I mean, that summer I was playing three tournaments with City Side and three with Mad Dog. So it was six tournaments. And, you know, those that summer um, I wasn't getting a ton of looks because a lot of the recruits – uh, or we're looking at the year younger. They were looking at the class of 2023 because, you know, in lacrosse, um, you're not allowed to get contacted by coaches until September 1st of your junior right, year. Right, right, right. So they, they like to look at the guys who are going into their junior year. Um, so, you know, there's not a lot of recruits watching the seniors, but there are some. So I was getting some, some emails from smaller schools, but it wasn't anything super interesting. And at that time, you know, I had like a, a a pretty small list of schools that I was looking at. So, you know, it was Illinois Wesleyan. Um, it was Denison. It was Christopher Newport, uh, Whittier, um, Colorado Mesa. There was, there was, you know, it was a pretty small list um, that I was, that I was talking to. And, you know, coaches from those schools came out to my tournaments to watch me play. Um, you know, I was doing visits. I visited Whittier 
um, that summer. And, you know, I was that that's when I really started to get it get it down to what I wanted, where I, where I was looking at going. For sure. Where was your first offer from? First offer. I think it was Whittier. Um, that was the first school that I had, like, an actual visit with the coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You brought up off camera the, the Christopher Newport story. <laughs> yeah. You know we were going to talk about this. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Let's, get it, let's get into this. <laughs> yeah. So tell our listeners about Christopher Newport as a school really quick before we get into so, the story. Yeah. Christopher Newport's a dope school. It's, it's in Virginia. It's in Newport News, Virginia. Um, it's close to the water. It's in a great area. Um, and it's, it's just, a, I lo- was looking at pictures on the camp of the campus and it is a beautiful campus and they have a, right now their lacrosse team is like top four in the D3 rankings. Like they're really good. And so at, at this point, you know, going into those tournaments, I had, I had a phone call with the coach. They, they emailed me first. Um, I think they watched me play the first tournament of the summer and they liked me. So they emailed me. I had a phone call with the coach, you know, it went great. And they were at the top of my list. It was like, number one, this is where I want to go. Um, and so, you know, I went on and played my other tournaments that summer. And, and they they had at least one coach out at most of the tournaments to watch me. And they, they were also recruiting another guy on my team. So they were out to watch both both of us play. Um, and I was really excited. I was like, this, this, this school is awesome. Like, I want to go there. Um, so then we get into football season of my senior year and we had a bye week. And so it was like two weeks before my bye week, I texted the coach and I was like, Hey, like we have a bye week coming up for football. Cause they knew I play football. I, I have a bye week coming up for football. Um, I'd love to come out and visit during that weekend. If, if that's something you're interested in. And he texts me back and he's like, Hey Nico, um, I've, I'm sorry to tell you that we just had four middies commit in the last week. So we're not going to be actively recruiting midfielders from the class of 2022 anymore. And I'm like, what? I was like, I I was so upset. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, this is my number one school. This is where I want to go. And they're not recruiting me anymore. And I was like super confident that if I went out for that visit, they would offer me because it's been like, they're not going to make me fly out to Virginia and not give me an offer. And that's how it usually worked. Like you go out for a visit, they'd give you a tour of the school. You talk to some of the players and you have a one-on-one meeting with the coaches and they give you your offer. And I was like, I would have gotten an offer if I visited, but it just didn't, didn't, wasn't how it was supposed to be, I guess. I mean, yeah, it lucked out with Whittier too. Obviously Whittier just dropped their football program. Oh, yeah. And, boys yeah, lacrosse, and lacrosse, boys golf, yeah. which now we'll talk about it later. Screws up our Sky at conference. Oh yeah, time. I I got some news about that too. Yeah, all right, we'll we'll get into that later. You finish your senior season with football, change of heart, want to try and play football. Obviously, you had an amazing year despite losing the state semis. So, how did your love for football change your recruiting process? So, like about a month after our last game. Um, when we lost was when I decided that I wanted to play pursue football too and at this point I was like I want to play both like I'm not ready to give up either sport like I want to play both so then I'm looking at schools that I could play both and having my brother here at Chapman I was like well they got a good football team national championship caliber lacrosse team in, in the MCLA I was like that would be an awesome place to be so I emailed the coaches and I, so 
I needed to give the coaches a, an answer that I had an offer from. I had three offers for lacrosse, and and I needed to give them an answer. So I ended up verbally committing to Illinois Wesleyan, knowing that I probably wasn't going to go there, but I just needed a spot to land if, you know. If all fell through. Yeah, if, if, yeah. if lacrosse or football recruiting didn't go well. But I emailed the, the Chapman football coaches with my, my senior year film. I told my brother to get on them and be like, yo, like, tell your coaches to look at my film, you know, answer my emails. And he did. He got on them and they answered my uh, my emails. Said, you know, you're a great player. We'd love to have you come out and visit. So I came out and visited. Um, and they gave me an offer. I was like, awesome. But you need to get into the school first. So, like, it was like, if you right. get into the school, you have a spot on the team. If not, screw off. Like, yeah. We don't want so you. I needed to. I applied to Chapman. You know, at the regular decision, January something, whatever it was. Yeah. And I was just waiting until I heard back, and it was so stressful. I was like, dude, if I don't get in, I got to go to Illinois. I don't want to do that. I mean, they had a great program, Illinois Wesleyan. I love but the like, coaches. Hey, but man, Southern, hey, Southern California beats the Midwest. That's all. Exactly, that's all I'm exactly. say, bro. And you get to keep playing football. Exactly. Um, and so at that time when I was waiting, I was, I was also in communication with the lacrosse coaches here. Um, you know, MCLA works a little different. It's not like it's club lacrosse. They don't give you an offer, mm-hmm. but they also it was basically basically an offer because they said like if you get into the school you'll have a spot on the team so it was it was the same thing basically so i mean that's just, just how it more kind of nonchalant yeah less formal yeah, yeah exactly gotcha. but i got into the school and that day i emailed both the football and the cross coaches i'm like i'm in the school i'm i'm coming and that's that's how right, let's go baby yes sir. so now we move past your commitment come from east side catholic Eastside Catholic obviously is a pipeline into Chapman. Oh yeah, big pipeline of players. Oh yeah, you had a sizable group from your football team yeah. coming here. Yeah, how many was it? It's four of us, including me. Well, in my class, there's four of us, including me. On the team, there's six, including the four of us and my brother, and then uh, Evan Grieve, who's a fifth year senior now. Yeah, um, and then there was uh, Ricky Medeiros, who was the first one and then there was Duncan Hager who was class of 2018 I think then Evan Grieve class of 2019 my brother class of 2020 and then the four of us class of 2022 <laughs> describe that feeling of knowing you're gonna go to college with oh. four of your high school teammates oh it was awesome I mean because I knew if I went to Illinois Wesleyan I wasn't gonna know anybody <laughs> and that would that would have sucked so I mean I, I was I was the first one to commit out of the four of us um, and then, and then, I think Tyler came next, and then Andrew, and then Evan was last. And every time it was like I knew all of them were like considering it, and I was like, bro, like you gotta come. You're to you're, you're spinning. You're like, bro, you're like, come on, you get you gotta come here. You got exactly, come here. exactly. So once they they made their decision, they all posted their commitment thing. I was like, let's go, let's get it going. Um, and there's four of us playing football, but there's eleven people from my high school that go to Chapman. In our grade. Right, right. In our and friend, so, yeah. EC is a lot of people coming to Yeah. They love so, that so yeah. You, Evan, Andrew, and Tyler, the core four at Chapman from EC. Describe that feeling knowing all you guys were coming to Chapman, basically, after, you know, Evan finished his commitment. Yeah, I mean, we were just hyped. I mean, um, you know, everybody at school, all our friends were like, bro, like, you guys are so, so lucky to go to school together. But it was also like, 
some people were like, oh, I would hate to go to school with so many or go to college with so many people from my high school. But I'm like, bro, like I'm playing football with, you know, three of my best friends and the other people. It's like I'm not really going to see them that much. And I haven't really seen them that much. And it's and like we we by no means Chapman is by no means a big school. So for you not to see him is somewhat yeah. surprising. I mean, it's like, people. you know, it's not a tiny school. It's not a huge school. It was it's perfect for me. But it's like. Yeah, I see them every once in a while, but I don't see them a whole lot, and that that's fine. Because I mean, it's like I'm friends with them, but they're in their yeah, they like, they got their own thing going on. Yeah, exactly. Move the talk back to sports. Let's talk Tyler. You two both football and lacrosse. Tyler's a defender. You're midfielders, and you know you guys have accomplished a lot on lacrosse field together. Is there any stories you want to share about Tyler on the podcast? Anything about like? High school or even, you know, this past freshman year in college of what it's like to be around. Someone. I mean, Tyler, Tyler's just a energetic, happy go lucky guy most of the time. I mean, he's, he's got a lot of energy and, you know, we, we played, we've known each other since sixth grade. I think when we started playing lacrosse together, we, no, I think seventh grade, we played club together throughout high school too for city side. And, you know, we're traveling a, we're traveling all over the country for tournaments. We're playing high school lacrosse and football together. And it was like, I mean, there's there's a lot of things I could tell you about Tyler. I can't think of one specific story, but he's, he's I love being around Tyler because he's just, he's just a funny guy. Oh, no, he is that guy for sure. Let's move into kind of the back half. Chapman, you know, Division three school, Sky at Conference. Describe how was that first practice for football and lacrosse at Chapman. Let's go football first. How was that first practice? Uh, that first football practice, well, I mean, it was during during camp, August, early August, whatever. Um, and to be honest, I wasn't wasn't super excited to be here. I was like, I was super anxious to come to come to college, come leave home, you know, leave all my friends. But you know, I got here, and the football team took us all right in. It was like there was no stigma about being a freshman. It was like. It's like, oh, you're a freshman? Like, that's sick. Like, we're, we, we, we're excited to have you, you know? So that football practice, it was, I was nervous. I was like, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to look like a fool out here. Like, I want to I wanna compete with these guys. And so, you know, I went out there, and I just did my thing. No pressure. I'm like, I'm just going to go out and do my thing. And it was a lot of fun. I was like, you know, still trying to learn all the plays and all the all the little things. But, yeah, no, it was a good time. And I, I just was rolling from there, you know? You were starting on what three special teams this past year in football as yeah. a freshman. Yeah, you know, getting some rotational snaps at safety. Yeah. Describe that change from playing high school to now playing college at the Division three level. Yeah, so I mean, um, yeah, I was on kickoff team, punt, and punt return, and then I was the the number two free safety. And so, you know, the first game, um. You know, I went out on kickoff team. That was my first first play, and I'm you know running down there, and guy comes to block me, and it's like I hit him, put a shoulder into my my job is to set the edge, make sure nothing gets outside of me. So I get my shoulder into him, keep my outside arm free, and it's like you know it's more physical than high school for sure, but it's nothing I can't can't handle. It's like it was an adjustment for sure, but it's like you know, I expected it. It's college, high school to college, even at the D3 level, it's a lot, a lot different, more physical, but it didn't come as a shock to me. You know, it was just like, whatever, like, 
Yeah. Hey, man, the Italian stallion's going to do his <laughs> thing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Moving through the season, for you guys, you had a down year. What did you guys go? Seven and three? Seven and three. So, I mean, decent year, but definitely not, not what we wanted. Whittier obviously just recently dropped their football program, boys lacrosse, which wasn't MCLA. They were Division three, they right? Three, yeah. 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 Guys golf, which is irrelevant to this conversation. But yeah. describe now how Whittier's departure from the Skyag, or I guess departure of their football program, affects you guys as a school. Yeah, so um, I don't know if this is exactly true, but I heard that like now the winner of the Skyag doesn't yeah, get an yeah. automatic bid to the national playoffs anymore. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's true or not, but... To be honest with you, with Whittier leaving, it kind of makes things easier. Not e- not easier. It makes things better in the Skyac, in my opinion, because I was at spring football practice the other day, and I was talking to my, my safety coach, and he was telling me that now with Whittier leaving, they're going to change the way that they determine a Skyac winner because in the past, it was just you play 10 regular season games. There was like a couple... Uh, non-league games that you play at the beginning of the season then you get into league play and after your 10 regular season games the team who has the best Skyac record or in league record wins the Skyac. there was no like Skyac championship game but now the way it is is they're splitting the Skyac into like two conferences and you're going to play still 10 regular season games you're going to play everybody in the Skyac, but now there's going to be like a, a championship game so at the end they're going to take the top two seeds top two they're going to take the number one team from each side right, right, right. and they're going to have them play in a skyac championship game which i like a lot better because i like that playoff atmosphere the high stakes so i mean i i think it's great hey man would love to see a skyac championship back here at chapman oh That's yeah all that say. you guys got it Moving into lacrosse, the lacrosse culture is a little different than the football culture here yeah. because it's MCLA. It's not NCA regulated. Yeah. Describe what that first practice was like. Well, I mean, even even with this with it being MCLA, they run it like a high end D three team. I mean, it's a big commitment. The guys take it really seriously. So I mean, <clears throat> that first week of practice, you know, we were doing two a days, six thirty a.m. to eight a.m. And then practice 4.30 to 6.30 in the afternoon. And it, that was tough. Like, and I was also taking a class. And I was taking a three-hour math class in that, too. And that just made things so much worse. So, I mean, it was it was a rough week. But that first 6.30 to 8 practice, you know, um, we, did, we did conditioning at the beginning. And then we did, like, a bunch of stick work and stuff. And, you know, I saw the guys. And I'm like, these guys, these guys are good. I mean, like, I I didn't expect them to be bad, but, you know, I was like, well, it's club. You know, before I was like, oh, it's club. Like, guys probably aren't, like, the best, yeah, you know, whatever. Okay. But, no, these guys are ballers. Like, a, 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 most of the team could play at a, a good D3 lacrosse school. So, I mean, it, it actually made me happy because I was like, these guys are, are good. They're, you know, they're good players. We're going to be a good team. They take it seriously. Like, it, it made me really happy. So now, full swing of your lacrosse season. Yeah. What is it like being a college athlete at a at a Division three school? Um, I mean, it's a lot of fun. I'm I'm having a lot of fun. You know, everybody thought that me playing two sports in college, they thought I was crazy, because it's like you know, college school plus two sports. They thought I wouldn't be able to do it, but I'm having a really good time. Um, 
and you know, it's it's I w- I don't think it's like the same as D one because the commitment level isn't the same, right? right? Like D one is like a full time job. Yeah. You're, you know, but it's still it's a it's a big commitment still. I mean, it's it's more of a commitment than high school. I, I think, you know, in high school, you know, you go to school and then you got practice after school and then you're done and then you got a game on Friday for football. You know, it's like it, that's a big commitment too. But this is this is a way bigger commitment. But it's not. It's I can do it. It's not like it's not like too much, you know, and I'm just having a good time with it. Just enjoying the ride. What do you think is the biggest misconception about Division three athletes? Yeah, this is what this is what you've been waiting to hear, because I yeah, know dude. I know you're going to have some things to say. I mean, I've I've seen people, you know, say that playing D3 is not impressive. Like, you know, people are like, oh, you play D3. You're like not a good athlete. You know, it's you're just playing because you want to play in college, but you're, you're not good enough. And I'm like, bro, these dudes who play D3 at, at the good D3 schools, there's a lot of them that could play D1. Like, we had a bunch of guys on our football team last year that could have played at a D1 school. So, I mean, like, D3 athletes are no scrubs. I think at some of the lower D3 teams, I mean, one of my best friends from my – like, my best friend from high school, he's playing on literally – I'm not exaggerating when I say this. Literally the worst D3 football team in the country. Right. Dead last. They lost the game 82 to zero. And I mean, guys on that team probably aren't aren't very good, obviously. But like at Chapman, you got ballers. You got guys who can who can play football. And so I mean, I hate it when people like say like, oh, D3 athletes aren't very good because this is not true. Doesn't matter the sport. Division three athletes can run almost anyone especially if they're the ones that are on the field game playing time. So the fact that yeah. you're a freshman getting playing time on the football team and the lacrosse team, it's going to say a lot about how athletic you are. And for the people who say Division three athletes aren't athletes, yeah, come out to a practice and watch these exactly. guys. These guys exactly. work. I feel, like, I feel like a lot of the time, like, D3 athletes love the game more than D1 athletes because, it's like, a lot of the D1 athletes, they're playing – for the money they're like it's the so money much the more fame. of a business at the division one level exactly. compared to the division like three level they, they get all the nil deals you know d3 athletes get nil deals but not the multi-million dollar ones or like yeah you know a lot yeah. of money and so i mean and like we're not getting the compensation that d1 athletes are we're just playing because we love the game and so I think a lot of the time d3 athletes love it more than d1 athletes just for that reason right through football do you think that you know the passion even from guys on other teams do you think the passion's there is it like a pretty oh, yeah. universal thing oh yeah they don't they don't mess around nobody nobody's just out here just because they want to mess right. around like dudes take it serious and they want to win and i love that because i'm i'm like i said before i'm a competitive guy i love to win i hate losing and, and just see this dude on madden oh just, just see this guy on madden and you'll you'll understand his competitive level this oh, yeah. dude cannot stand losing it's wild oh yeah now let's kind of really get into what the locker room's about recruiting yeah kind of already answered this but just to reiterate how did you get your recruiting process started yes i mean i just you know i made a list of schools i looked at you know majors at schools their their lacrosse program um see if they had a major that i was interested in see how good their lacrosse team was you know what their program was like and i made a list based off of that um, and then if a school emailed me expressing interest, you know, I would take a look at them. And if, if 
they were at all interesting, I would add them to my list too at the, at the very beginning. And then as it went on, I would narrow it down based on, you know, what, what I thought I would want in the college. Cause at the beginning I didn't really know that much, but as I got more into it, I knew what I was looking for. And so I was able to narrow it down more and more. What separated you from other athletes in your high school or even just other athletes, you know, in your area that you were able to separate yourself from to go play at the college level? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I've been blessed with a lot of athleticism, you know, my family, there's, there's a lot of good athletes, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty big guy. I'm like 5'11", 205, you know, I'm not super tall, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty strong, pretty thick, pretty bulky, you know, for my, for my age. So I think, and I'm, I'm pretty fast. I think, you know, just my, my strength, my speed, my athleticism mixed with my, my passion for the game, how much uh, emotion I play with, I think, you know, especially in lacrosse, I'm like always one of the most physical people on the field because I bring that football background into the into lacrosse. And so I think, you know, that combined with my work ethic, you know, I could always work harder, you know, in high school, I definitely could have worked harder and I could be working harder now too. you can always work harder. But I think I've had a pretty good work ethic throughout my whole life. You know, I was set on this goal playing college and, and I worked for it all the time. Um, and I, I think also, you know, I, I, I try to do the right thing on and off the field, you know, on the field, I'm, I'm doing the right thing, trying to help the team win no matter what. And I think that's something that a lot of, a lot of high school athletes don't do. Cause a lot of them are just like, you know, want to look good. They want to make the play be selfish because, you know, but I think a lot of them, I, I do the right thing and that's what coaches like. Mm. What is your best advice to any high school athletes who, you know, want to play at the college level, more specifically, anyone who wants to play at the division. Three yeah. Level. Um, there's so many things I could say. I mean, recruiting, the recruiting process sucks. Like I gotta be honest, like it, it's not, it's a terrible process. It, it's Hot take, baby. It's a long process. It's tedious. And you know, you're going to have a lot of setbacks. You know, there's going to be a lot of things that happened to you that didn't want to happen. Like my Christopher Newport story, like Number one, my number one school on the top of my list said they're not recruiting me anymore. That sucked. And I think, you know, you got to put things in perspective, you know, like when that happened to me, I was, I was pissed off. I was like, damn, bro. Like number one school that I had, like they're not recruiting me anymore. Like this sucks. But then I stopped and I was like, bro, look around, bro. Like so many people would kill to be in your position right now. Like getting looks at a college, like to play college sports, you know. I think there's some statistic statistic that only like 7% of high school athletes go on to play at any level in college. So I'm like the amount of people that would kill to be in my position right now is astounding. Like so many people. So I'm like, yeah, like my number one school isn't recruiting me anymore, but I'm going to have so many other opportunities to get looked at and go to a great college. So, I mean, you know, when things don't go right, stop, slow down, put things in perspective and and keep trucking along because you're going to end up where you need to be no matter what happens for sure for sure do you think athletes who want to play at the division three level should highly consider academics because there are some great academic schools at the division three level chapman is a very i wouldn't say prestigious but it is a very well-known school in the california area and the west coast describe do you think Chapman was probably the best academic school you could have gone to as far as like your recruiting process? No. Um, I had an offer from Denison University in Ohio and you know that that 
that's a really good school. I think better academic school than Chapman, but I didn't want to go to Ohio and I didn't, I wasn't in love with the lacrosse program there. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're going, if you want to go D3, you know, you got to consider academics too. I mean, I was looking at academics in all the schools that I was looking at for lacrosse and football because, you know, at the D3 level, the chances of you going pro are very low. Like this, how it is. There's D3 athletes in the pro game and all sports everywhere, but doesn't happen very often. So, I mean, you got to be looking at good academic schools, trying to, you know, get a good degree so you can get a good job later. But yeah, yeah, definitely got to look at academics too. Congratulations. You just declared your major. Yes, sir. Communications. Yes, sir. Bro wants to get uh, baby spoon for the next four years. So, <laughs> no, man. <laughs> no, man. Hey, hey, this is what my communicate teacher in my communications class said the other day. She said, oh, everybody thinks communication is such an easy major. But without communication, no other major exists because you need communication in every hey, aspect of hey, life. Hey, he is speaking back. So. Uh-huh. so you're getting your degree in communication. Yep. So, you know, what are you looking forward to after your college athletic career is over? Yeah, you know, um, I want to be in sports somehow. You know, sports is my passion. That's what I want to do. Um, so, I mean, I don't know exactly what I want to do in sports yet, but, you know, something along the lines of, you know, being an analyst, being on one of those talk shows or being like a sideline reporter or maybe like working in a front office at a, you know, a pro sports organization, whatever it is. I want to be in sports. Hey, man, the locker room's getting you in that right direction. Exactly. Being an analyst. So you, you know what we on. But with that being said, this concludes our first episode. Nico, shout out to you, man. Really appreciate you being on. Thank here. you for having me, a man. Great interview. Hey, man, I'm Nico Orsino. This is the locker room where sports unite us and stories inspire us. Peace out. Signing off.